Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. My name is Luke Legrano. And I'm Jeff Rubenstein. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The Stanley Cup playoffs have been narrowed down to the final four, and if you thought that was good, it gets even better because Bet Online is offering you the chance for you to win some money while you watch. Bet Online has lines, spreads, and props on every game this postseason, so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether it's the NHL, the NBA, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered, so head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week we'll be talking about the WHL Player Year End Awards and some changes at USA Hockey. But first, it's been reported projected number one overall pick, Owen Power, is considering going back to college next year. The University of Michigan defenseman told NHL Now, right now I'm probably leaning more towards going back to school. It's something I'd like to do, just trying to get the true experience of playing college hockey. At the end of the day, it obviously depends on what the team wants and what everyone around me thinks is best. So, Jess, what do you think of Owen Power saying this, and how do you think this affects his draft stock? I don't think it does anything to it. You know, he's still head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of who should be picked number one. Why is it a big deal? I mean, yes, I think it's because Buffalo is in such a mess that why would you want to play for the Sabres right now? He's only a sophomore. So if I'm the Sabres, I'll still own his rights for at least three more years. He's not going to go anywhere to anybody else. It gives the Sabres a chance for free development. They don't have to pay for him. It also protects their investment by this kid being able to come to their camps at his expense. I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I think the important word in this headline to recognize is that Owen Power is leaning towards going back to school. We're still a month out from the draft. There's still plenty of time for him to change his mind, someone else to talk him into this, really impress someone at a pre-draft interview. He's not guaranteed to go back to school right now. I know the internet and the news works in extremes nowadays. So sometimes we get a little bit over the top. I think it's important above all to remember that Owen Power may return to school next year. Nothing is set in stone yet. With that said, I don't think this really ruins any plans for the Sabres. It comes down to how good they think Owen Power is going to be. Let's look back to last year, Jess. Columbus Blue Jackets, they take Igor Chinikov 21st overall. Scouts and writers across the country say some didn't even have him going in any round. Going undrafted, Jess. You ask GM Yarmo Kekalainen, he says, I can't believe he fell to us. What a steal this was for us. I can't believe he fell all the way to 21. All that matters is how good do the Buffalo Sabres think Owen Power is. So if you asked me, do I think there are players close enough to Owen Power's talent level that could be taken first overall and come to the league next year? I do. Matty Beneers, 
Brent Clark, Willie Meckland, I think all of those guys are close enough in range to the talent level of Owen Power that they can be number one material and can be talked to coming to Buffalo next year. But if the Sabres like Owen Power, like a lot, and they think he's the far and away best prospect in this draft, they should take him. The Sabres are a bad hockey team right now. It's, they're so bad. They're like the New York Jets. They need years and years to take the stench off of what their current product is to get them somewhere close to where they're going to be as a competitive NHL team. The rebuild is going to take a while. If they thought they were closer to competing this year, they're not. They signed Taylor Hall. They thought they might be a playoff team. They're really, really bad, Jess. So if Owen Power decides to go back to college, he can get better. He could be more well-prepared to come to the NHL. And Buffalo could be on the right track once again. So if Buffalo thinks that Owen Power is their guy, he should be their guy. Power is, to me, the best possible prospect. But at the same time, I think the Sabres are in such a mess that keeping Power from having to carry the team at such a young age hurts his development. Whereas if he goes back to Michigan, then nobody's talking about what Matty Berniers is going to do or Kent Johnson's going to do. For all we know, those two guys might also be leaning to going back to school. If that happens, you're looking at Michigan as a serious top contender for, you know, the NC2A championship. And if that happens and the kid comes in and he wins, say, one or two, he walks away with the Hobie Baker, he's everything, then as far as I'm concerned, the more positive development he has today, that means he's going to bring that with him when he does decide to play NHL hockey. And who knows where Buffalo's going to be in a year or two from now. For all we know, they'll find a coach uh, and a general manager who will have their act together. They'll start to take advantage of their draft picks and they'll build themselves up and become a better team. Jack Eichel probably is not coming back ever to them. So they'll get a haul in whatever trade they get for him. So in two or three years, Buffalo could be a good team. And by the time Owen Power decides to join them, there's less pressure on him to pick up this team and put it on his shoulders. Somebody else will already pick up that mantle. And he can come in and be the defenseman he can be. If all three of those guys do decide to go back to Michigan, though, Jess, how much more exciting does A, the Michigan Wolverines become, and B, the top of the draft become? Because... Owen Power, probably the number one overall pick, goes back to Michigan. Matty Beneers, the projected number two overall pick, goes back to Michigan. Luke Hughes, the number four projected overall pick, is going to Michigan. And Kent Johnson, who's going to fall somewhere between five and ten, goes back to Michigan. Who's left at the top? We always talk about how many guys there are to pick from in the top ten. That leaves you with what? Eklund, Edvinson, Clark... Who's after that right now that you're considering at the number one overall pick? If you need someone who's going to come in right now and change, you got Dylan Gunther as well. That's another name you can think of. But if you need talent right now, who's your guy? Gunther. Gunther for sure. I mean, I watched him play for Edmonton, and he was lights out, such a quality player. But I think the mistake NHL teams make is they draft these kids at 18 bring them in, and fail to develop them. I mean, if you draft these kids 
you know, on the first five, six picks. And nobody's expecting any of these kids. They're never eligible to go to the AHL. So let them go back to wherever they were. And, you know, if they're college kids, go to college. Get an education. People forget, you go to college not to get to the NHL, but to get that education. And a Michigan degree is going to help you when you get out of school and you get out of hockey down the road. That's why you go to school. People are making too much of this because this is a kid at 18. You know, he just finished his freshman year. The same thing with Matty Berniers. Matty Berniers, he was going to go to Harvard. So that tells you he's an intelligent individual. So he stays in school for another year or maybe two. Take a look at the best case scenario was, let's, let, let's use the Rangers for example because they got two players. Adam Fox, who went all four years at Harvard, got his degree, came out. Look where he is today. He's one of the top defensemen in the NHL. Then you turn around and, and look at Andre Miller, who left Wisconsin after his second year. Both players were helped by doing what they did. So maybe Owen Powers plays another year at Michigan. He wins a national title. Now he thinks he's ready at 19. Same thing for Matty Beneers. If I'm Seattle, I'm sitting there going, sure, go ahead. We're taking Dylan Gunther anyway, so boom. I do believe Gunther is ready to make the leap directly to the NHL. Other than maybe if there is a playoff system in the WHL and a Memorial Cup, then maybe he wants to come back to Edmonton. But if things stay the same, he has no reason to go back to Edmonton. Before we go any further, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, Moink Meat. So much meat in the United States is not held to the same quality standards as the family farm, and that's where Moink comes in and changes up the game. Moink Meat is so delicious and so great that Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank said it was some of the best bacon that he's ever tasted, and now you can get the chance to try some yourself. You can join the Moink movement today if you go to moinkbox.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V, right now. And listeners to this show get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time only. So be sure to head on over right now. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Next up, the WHL year-end individual awards have been presented. Seven awards given out this year, and here are the recipients. The Doc Seaman Trophy awarded to the Scholastic Player of the Year goes to Edmonton Oil Kings defenseman Ethan Peters. The Brad Hornung Trophy awarded to the most sportsmanlike player goes to Spokane Chief Center Eli Zumik. The Jim Piggott Memorial Trophy given to the Rookie of the Year goes to Regina Pat Center Connor Bedard. The Dell Wilson Memorial Trophy given to the Goaltender of the Year goes to Everett Silvertips Dustin Wolf. The Bill Hunter Memorial Trophy given to the Defenseman of the Year goes to the Brandon Wheat Kings defenseman Braden Schneider. And the Four Broncos Memorial Trophy given to the WHL Player of the Year goes to Winnipeg Ice winger Peyton Krebs, who is also the recipient of the Bob Clark Trophy given to the top scorer of the season. So Jess, a couple of great names here. What do you think of the award winners we have from this year? Every single one of these guys had an outstanding year. If I was going to give a Player of the Year, I go with Connor Bedard of Regina. I mean, that 15-year-old kid is no 15-year-old player. He is head and tails above everybody else. By the time he gets draft eligible, I don't know if it's 2023 or 2024, 
guaranteed that kid is the number one pick. And there won't be any question about him going to the NHL. I got to watch him, I think, five or six times. And wow, he just blew me away with his poise, his maturity. Goalie of the year, I think they gave it to Dustin Wolf because... But I like Stefan Kosa of Edmonton. I thought he had a, a really good year. I think he's definitely a first-round draft pick this year. And Braden Schneider is, without a doubt, the best defenseman in junior hockey, as far as I'm concerned. He's a hybrid. He can dominate you and intimidate you physically, but at the same time, he can come in and join the rush and be almost Brian Leach-like offensively. I'm glad the WHL gave out these awards. Some of these players deserve the recognition that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten, like Krebs, who had a fantastic season on a Winnipeg team. It's a shame. He's played on some losing teams. And if they'd have had a chance to make the playoffs this year, it would have been a good thing for Krebs. Yeah, there's some really great names here. Like you said, Rookie of the Year, it had to be a lot for Connor Bedard, right? He's made the most of his exceptional status. He went on a tear this year. He's 15 years old, took the dump by storm. It was a no-brainer giving it to him for anyone who's been keeping up with the WHL. Ranger fans have to feel amazing about Braden Schneider right now. One defenseman of the year, the Rangers traded up last year to prevent him from falling in the lap of the New Jersey Devils, and now he's considered to be one of the main, if not the only reason, the Brandon Wheat Kings won the East Division this year. A huge part, a fantastic player right now. Huge congrats to him, and goalie of the year, like you said, Sebastian Kosa had a great year, but Dustin Wolf right there with them, just as impressive. He was actually one of the last five players taken in the 20. 19 draft and now he actually got to make his debut with the Stockton Heat this year in the AHL. He finished his junior career with an 18 and 3 record, 1.8 goals against, 940 save percentage. He gets a little older. I think he could be a really great part of the Flames organization. I think he's got a lot of promise to him and Peyton Krebs man. Vegas, since their first season in the league, have been a playoff team with a serious chance at a cup and with this series against Montreal coming up, it's very possible there are Stanley Cup champions. But Peyton Krebs somehow makes their future look even brighter because we look at all of their first few first-round picks, Jess. Let's go back to 2017. Three first-round picks. Two of them didn't make it very long. Eric Branched them right out the door for the Mark Stone trade. Nick Suzuki traded to Montreal on the Max Pacioretty deal. And then you have Cody Glass, who right now is splitting time between Henderson and Vegas. He might not be even a mainstay NHL player, let alone someone who deserved to go in the top six. Oh, I disagree on that one. You're a big Cody Glass guy? Oh, I'm a huge Cody Glass fan. He's just developing. He's still just a baby. Vegas doesn't have a 2018 first-round pick. 2019, they come, they take Peyton Krebs. Everyone's very on thin ice about him. His Achilles injury would be the end of what his playing career could be. Spoiler alert, he turned out just fine. 231 points in 199 games. Two World Juniors tournaments with Canada. And unfortunately, four games with Vegas wasn't enough to get his first goal, but he's already got his first point. Vegas might be, Jess, the best team of the year. We'll find out very shortly, but... Peyton Krebs might be that guy that keeps them at the very top for years to come. Incredible talent. Winnipeg has treated him very nicely. The junior tournaments, he's always been an absolute stud. And now we'll see what he can do next year, possibly as a uh, main part of the Vegas Golden Knights, potentially the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. I think he might wind up spending a little bit of time 
down in the AHL, not for anything, not as a punishment, but to help him, you know, make the jump. I mean, when we talk about juniors to NHL, we're forgetting about the speed of the game. And it won't hurt Krebs to spend a little time in the AHL, adapt to the speed of the game, so when he does become an NHLer, the game flows to him. Krebs has had to do a lot of this on his own because he played on a couple of really bad ice teams. I'm glad they had a good year this year, but it was because of Krebs. But I'll tell you what, you know, if I am a Ranger fan, I have even more of a reason to be excited. It's great that Braden Schneider won the Best Defenseman Award, but he beat out Matthew Robertson, who's also a Ranger prospect. So you're talking about the Rangers having two of the top defensemen in the Western Hockey League. If you're a Ranger fan, you got to be sitting there going, yeah, this is great news, because it's been a really long time since the Rangers could say that their draft pool is this good. They did well statistically. Now let's hope that they do it down the road. And finally, USA Hockey undergoes some changes as they announce a new president at new positions to focus on development of female coaches and officials. First up, Mike Trimbley has been elected the new president of USA Hockey. Trimbley is a level five USA Hockey certified coach who's been involved with the program for over 25 years. He's had roles all the way from an instructor for the hockey coaching education program all the way to a member of the board of directors. He's going to serve a three-year term and he replaces Jim Smith, who has served as president since 2015. As for the positions, they will be volunteer positions, including a coach-in-chief for female development and a referee-in-chief for female development. Former President Jim Smith says that the positions will be filled through the coaching, education, and officiating education sections of USA Hockey and will serve a lead role in developing and implementing strategies to advance efforts related to recruitment, retention, and overall support of females currently involved or interested in becoming involved in coaching and officiating. So Jess, a big change right there at the top of USA Hockey and then a little more extension to hopefully we get to see some more women involved in different aspects of hockey that aren't playing behind the bench and on the ice in the pinstripes. What do you think of these moves? I think they're great moves. And I think what's not also being said, in addition to women, they're trying to expand the sport to people of color. I view the new president as the right guy at the right time. It's in many ways long overdue, this investment in women's hockey. Think about it. Without really a whole lot of help from USA Hockey, the U.S. Women's Hockey Program has been at the top of the world for quite some time. Now they invest in it. That's only going to make a good program even better but even more so anytime that you can expand the game and you can reach out and draw more interest it's great for the sport i'm going to be really happy to see them getting women more involved and i get to see some of these young girls 13 and 14 playing the game and their love for the game is just as huge as a 13 14 year old boy they want to play and we need to come up with some kind of league for these girls to play so they can be developed by the time they get to college to get to the national program and get to the olympic program and hopefully one day you and i are going to sit down and we'll see the national women's hockey league's game of the week on tv 
the winner is there is anybody that loves hockey. As for President Tripoli, I couldn't tell you much about him, but I do like the fact that they're keeping it in-house. I always think that's important when you can hire someone who's been around the program for as long as he's been there. Over 25 years now, he's seen it all. Jim Smith has been talked very highly of promoting the game, making the game more popular, taking it to the next level, and hopefully Mike Tripoli can do the same. As for the new positions, I think it's great. I know something that's usually downplayed in today's society is representation. Jess, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could name a single women's referee that I've seen watching hockey in recent memory. I just can't think of one. And obviously women's coaches exist, but they are definitely not at the forefront. So the fact that men's hockey players have all of these opportunities after they're done playing, they don't make it to the NHL, but the options are still there for them. They can go coach somewhere. They can be a scout somewhere. Those opportunities are all over the place for them. Really, you don't see too many women in those spots, so I love what USA Hockey is doing here, trying to make it so that there is an outlet for women who are done playing hockey to stay within the game, to continue being a part of the game that they love, whether that be on the ice as an official, behind the bench as a coach, because we've had women's coaches on this show before, Jess. Melissa Skaniscavich, one of the greatest hockey players that I've laid my eyes on playing a game on the ice, is now one of the assistant coaches at Penn State Women's Hockey doing it excellent job over there. She's phenomenal at what she does. Knows more about hockey than I could ever hope to write down on a piece of paper. More than qualified to do the job and hopefully she's one of the people leading the way for more women like her to follow in her footsteps. So big hats off to USA Hockey for doing this. I love this idea. Hopefully it leads to more women having more involvement in the game of hockey when they're not out there on the skates putting the puck in the net. I totally agree. I mean, the more we can let women get in and hopefully we start seeing women move into positions at USA Hockey and not token positions. I look forward to the day when USA Hockey announces a woman as the president of USA Hockey. And I think that that day is coming. Hats off to USA Hockey. I can't stop finding nice things to say about their, you know, wanting to improve women's hockey at all levels that's gonna do it for us be sure to follow us on twitter at the prospect park for jess at luke lagrano for myself if you like this episode be sure to rate us five stars on itunes follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends thanks for listening to another episode of believe in hockey prospects my name is luke lagrano and i'm jess rubenstein and again i thank you for taking the time to be with us take care of yourselves Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.